At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Well, it needs to be something that you're going to be doing anyway. You know, it's not necessarily a, a get-rich-quick scheme by any means. So um, <laughs> it needs to be something that you that you love and that you care about and you're probably going to do anyway. At least for me, I found that that was the best way to kind of enter this. Um, with the idea of, I just want to share this experience with people. I'm documenting something and, you know, hopefully people can learn from it or it encourages people to do something, but I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. And so that's what I did. And I did the whole Appalachian Trail and, and made, you know, pretty much nothing until um, I got back home and then, I mean, even after that whole trail, I was, it, 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 maybe it was breaking $100 a month sometimes, you know what I mean? Um, so I had to get another job when I got home and, and started doing that and I was, you know, working part-time and selling, growing and selling microgreens and I was doing all sorts of different things to not re-enter the engineering world and I finally came to a point where I just kept putting out this content consistently and that's another thing. Cons Con being consistent with your content is important. If you say you're going to do it every week, well, then you do it every week. If you say every month, then you do it every month. Because if you watch a TV show on TV, that's if it's supposed to be up at 7 p.m. on Thursday, it better be there. And so, um, and then finally, um, as the subscriber count grew and the um, the the channel views grew, uh, then more revenue started coming in, and it was like, okay. I really need to just like jump off and put everything I have into this or I need to do something else. Hey, this is Jessica Dixie Mills from Homemade Wanderlust and this is the Tom Roland Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast today. One of my favorite episodes in the early days of this podcast, we went out of the fishing world and into the outdoor backpacking world. And I found through the suggestion of one of our listeners, uh, Jessica Dixie Mills. She goes by Homemade Wanderlust. She is what they call a triple crowner in the world of backpacking, which means that she has done the Appalachian Trail, the Pacific Crest Trail, and the Continental Divide Trail, among other things. And uh, she's very interesting. I love her story because she started out uh, with absolutely zero experience in backpacking. It was just something that she thought she would like to do. And I would encourage you 
to go back and listen to one of the early episodes where she is our guest, Jessica Dixie Mills, and listen to how she quit her job as an engineer in an oil field and drove to the Appalachian Trail and just basically started walking it. Um, she liked that so much. She thought she'd do the Pacific Crest Trail and then finished it up by doing the Continental Divide Trail, which is the Triple Crown and something that not a lot of people have done. Jessica has done it, and then she has parlayed that into doing what she loves, which is helping people to enjoy backpacking more, helping people to enjoy, uh, you know, through hiking on these big trails and, um, she does that through her YouTube channel, among other things like her website. She's got all different kinds of ways that you can support her and get content. Uh, very, very interesting. So I hope we have a great conversation. And here she is, Jessica Dixie Mills, Homemade Wanderlust. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Jessica, how are you? I'm doing fine. How are you? Man, doing very well. I've been following you since our last podcast. You seem to have a lot of things going on. Really, really great stuff. Your audience has grown. Look like you put out a book. All kinds of stuff. Yeah, it's been a little crazy. It's uh, uh, I'm I, honestly, I did not realize how many people were interested in backpacking or watching other people backpack. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe it's I mean, when you put it that way, like watching other people backpack, that does seem kind of weird. But the way that you put it together is really educational and pretty entertaining, actually. I mean, I, I look Thank at your you. videos and watch them and and you you appeal to a very wide audience because you can, you can talk to the person who is super avid, but then yet you're doing that and not being intimidating to the person who's never done this before and has this kind of uh, a dream maybe that they hadn't even told anyone that that's what they would like to do. I don't know. That's what, that's the way I, when I watch your videos, I think about who, who would be watching? That's that's kind of how I see it. Is that what you found as you get to know your audience better? Yes, and and honestly, I'm I'm really proud of that um, because that's what that's what I want it to be. You know, I I mean, I joke and say you know watching people backpack, but but I mean, I, there are so many things that I'll watch documentaries. You know, it's something that maybe I would never do, uh, what, but maybe I will after I'm introduced to it. You know, so that's kind of 
the route that I take with it because through my videos of the ones where I'm actually on the trail, I'm wanting to show people something that maybe they haven't ever seen before or that they might never see or might not be able to, but the folks who would be able to might be inspired to, you know, then get out and and do something like that and go see the sites. Cause we have, this country is so diverse. We have so many beautiful things to see. You just have to put in the little effort to go see them. And, and so, you know, I do hope to get people into backpacking because I think nature is good for all of us. I think it's good for the mind. And I think science really proves that. Um, but even if it's just that somebody sees, well, this crazy girl, you know, decided to quit her job and go out and live in the woods for a year and a half on and off. And, and so if she can do that, then I can do this other thing that I've always wanted to do, even if it's not related to backpacking, you know, so I, I just, um, I just want people to do what they love. Right. Well, you're a great example of that. I, th- I think that it's, you know, I talk to my kids all the time about, you know, you just got to find something that you love and then throw your whole self into it and yes. everything else will work itself out. And that yes. seems to be exactly what you've, you've done and you've made this living in, in something that would be impossible, not even a few years ago, but I mean, like even, even 10 or 12 years ago, it seems like the way that you're making your living would be certainly much more difficult but oh, with yeah. the advent oh, but- of the of of YouTube and everything else, you know, you've been able to carve out this this livelihood, and and in yeah. fact, it's not just carving it out; it seems to be thriving. Well, and I mean, and you're absolutely right. It's an interesting time to be alive, and and it it would have been much more difficult. It wouldn't have been through an avenue necessarily like YouTube, right? It would have been I'd have to go to somebody and pitch this idea for a TV show or something. Right. You know, I mean, I don't even know the process that before you would have had <laughs> to take in to get on television. And now, now you kind of have eliminated the middleman with YouTube and now you just get on there and anybody can, can create a platform of whatever they want, you know? And right. I, now there are a lot of folks out there doing it. And especially now with everybody spending more time at home, yeah, um, things are pretty flooded, but, but yeah, I mean, you can do it. If yeah. I did it, you can do it too. So. Well, I mean, it's interesting because I have a little bit of experience in both areas. And when I, yes. when we launched our television show, there was not just a middleman, but like a, a, a gatekeeper. And yeah. the show had to be like a certain format. It had to be exact in its, in its um, format. It had to be what they deemed good enough. And when we put our show, when we submitted our show and we were going to buy the time on the network, like that's how we do it. We buy the time and then we put our shows there. So there's, there's another way that you can do a TV show and they, they pay you, we pay them. And then we make it back up with, with sponsorship, which is kind of a, there's, there's a couple of different models there. But one of the things that was interesting is when we, submitted our show to buy time on the network. They told us it wasn't good enough and we had to go back to the, to the drawing board. I think it's kind of funny because our show was so bad at the time that they wouldn't even let us buy time to put it on there, but, oh. <laughs> but it all worked but out. You, you know? Yeah. You yeah. Yeah. They, 
They, and they, I do feel like that kind of stomps on crea- creativity, though, doesn't it? You know, well, like it does because because who knows? Maybe our first format would have been actually more popular with the viewers, right? But there's some gatekeeper there saying, "No, this isn't this isn't what we put on our network." And so I like it so much that YouTube has and and the ability uh, to put anything up there has really enhance creativity so now people can say you know what i'm going to make what what i think is cool and exactly and for so many people i mean for the vast majority um you know not that many people watch it but for a certain few when they put their creativity hat on and then they make what they think is cool it's embraced by you know everyone and in your case like not only is what you're making entertaining and interesting and educational. But I think I, I, you can tell me if I'm wrong here, but I would think that there wasn't very many, weren't very many creators in that space. And you filled a, a, a void when you started yeah, putting your stuff out. There weren't really uh, a lot <clears throat> by any means. I mean, there were some people who had posted videos um, maybe after their hike and maybe there were a handful that had kind of started posting during their hike, but nobody did it consistently um, throughout their hike. And, and so I just, it was kind of like, well, why, why can't I? And, and I think it's just that I think people don't realize that they can, you know, until somebody does it sometimes. And um, I think obviously power you know having enough um battery juice to to power things and then also i got you know i was in a fortunate position that i had somebody to edit for me while i was on trail so that way the videos could come up you know not exactly real time because i do delay them a little bit but uh, mainly for you know safety or whatever and also cushion just in case something happens and i lay up with an injury for two days you know what i mean it's like i've got some some footage to work with but but yeah, I think then once you see somebody does it, it's like, okay, well, if they did it, then I can figure out a way to do it. And how, you know, how can I do it better? And then um, that's how things are created. And it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about today, that's quite a bit different than when we originally talked. And if uh, people that are listening to this uh, didn't listen to some of the f- first few episodes, Jessica was on with us um, quite a while back, but she told her whole story about, uh, hiking the, the Appalachian trail. And then was it the Pacific crest trail second? And then the CDT, is that the order? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yep. that's, that's a tremendous amount of hiking. My favorite part of the whole episode was when she said that she had done three overnight trips, um, in her, in her backpacking career. And one was on the Appalachian trail. One was the <laughs> Pacific crest trail and the other was the continental divide trail. Yeah. <laughs> so she came into this with very little experience and then got a tremendous amount of experience and did what is now called the triple crown. She's added to that even further with, um, other hikes that we're going to talk about. But, um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about today was just how someone, anyone, in any um, field goes into YouTube and actually makes a living doing it because I love it that you you've done this in, in what I would consider kind of an off topic for YouTube. I mean, you see a lot of um, cooking videos or, or uh, 
you know, people are, are showing you how to do everything on YouTube, fix things, whatever. But I, before you, I had not seen a lot of backpacking videos. So now you have grown your audience to 250,000 subscribers. Yes. Sir. So how do you, how does that equate? Cause I know, I mean, that's a question that people ask me all the time. They're like, how do you make a living on YouTube? So yeah. how did that work for you? And, and you've seemed to have enhanced it and I'm kind of looking at it and I'm like, okay, I think I see what's going on here, but I'd love to see your, your, um, opinion and your experience of how, how you actually create this to where you're making a living doing it. Yeah, sure. So first of all, at the beginning, there, there was no living coming in off of it, period. So I always tell folks, you know, people think, well, I'll just become a YouTuber and, and make money. And, and you certainly can. But like with anything else, you kind of start at nothing, you know, when, when you're starting out. And, and when I started, YouTube didn't have the same limitations they do now as far as when you can be monetized. But I think right now it's, or the last I knew, it was a thousand subscribers and so many hours of watch time in a month. But um, whatever that limit is, you're really not making a living at that point anyway. You know, whenever that that minimum they, that they require, when you have that few watch time hours or whatever, you're you're not just raking in the dough. You know what I mean? So, um, so anyway, it it just started out. I was going to hike this trail anyway, so that's what I suggest to people. It needs to be something that you're going to be doing anyway. You know, it's not necessarily a, a get rich quick scheme by any means so um <laughs> it needs to be something that you that you love and that you care about and you're probably going to do anyway at least for me i found that that was the best way to kind of enter this um with the idea of i just want to share this experience with people i'm documenting something and you know hopefully people can learn from it or it encourages people to do something, but I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. And so that's what I did. And I did the whole Appalachian trail and, and made, you know, pretty much nothing until, um, I got back home. And then, I mean, even after that whole trail, I was, it, 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 maybe it was breaking a hundred dollars a month sometimes, you know what I mean? Um, so I had to get another job when I got home and, and started doing that. And I was, you know, working part time and selling, growing and selling microgreens. And I was doing all sorts of different things to not reenter the engineering world. And I finally came to a point where I just kept putting out this content consistently. And that's another thing. Cons con being consistent with your content is important. If you say you're going to do it every week, well, then you do it every week. If you say every month, then you do it every month. Because if you watch a TV show on TV, that's if it's supposed to be up at 7 p.m. on Thursday, it better be there. And so, um, and then finally, um, as the subscriber count grew and the um, the the channel views grew. Uh, then more revenue started coming in and it was like, okay, I really need to just like jump off and put everything I have into this or I need to do something else because doing other things took away from this, right? So like the resource of time. Um, so it was just like, all right, I'm going to do this. And I, I kind of quit everything else. And that's when I went to do um, the Pacific Crest Trail. Right. And I just upped the game there. Now, when I started the Pacific Crest Trail, I had Patreon going. So now I had the income of the channel coming in. Plus, people could go pledge uh, a monthly amount on Patreon to 
to help, you know, support the channel and help keep me on the trail type thing. Um, so, and then with Patreon, if people aren't familiar with that platform, you have, um, different tier levels that you can set up and, and to be a part of Patreon. So it's not like a GoFundMe. Um, it's, it's something where you have to be a content creator and then you also typically have benefits of some sort, like, oh, if you're, you know, this much per month, you get this ebook or um, a thank you card or a postcard from the trail, et cetera. Um, but this works for musicians, people who are creating videos, uh, bloggers, all sorts of things. And then I also, um, so it's it's all these little streams, right? It's yeah. not just YouTube yeah, is, the, is the big thing. That's um, what I was noticing. Like uh, I, I was yeah. seeing some other things, but Patreon, um, did you have a lot of people do that? At first, um, not, you know, it, it's, it's grown and, um, and actually it's down now from where it was say when I was finishing the triple crown, right? Because more people were interested in watching that third leg of the triple crown get done. And, um, but, but yeah, I mean it, it, with, without it, it would be difficult to do what I'm doing now. So, um, so yeah, it certainly helped. Did they, um, didn't something happen with Patreon to where, Yes, people were upset and leaving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah what, they, what was that? I remember that because I was kind of thinking maybe Patreon might be a good thing for the website, or I mean for the podcast. And then um, something happened, and and I kind of said, well, maybe not right now. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, and I thought about setting up some sort of like membership, private membership on my website because I saw a couple people leave, but it wasn't enough to warrant paying for that platform on my personal website. You know what I mean? Um, so anyway, yeah, there was, and I'm not a hundred percent sure who all it was, but there were, I think uh, several people who Patreon, uh, deactivated their accounts because of their political views. Oh, that's right. That's, that's and, exactly right. And so, you know, which I mean, so there were several reasons at that point that it was a concern to me because I, I don't I don't share political stuff, you know, on my channel or anything like that. That's not my platform. Um, but so I wasn't really worried about them shutting me down for that. But I'm like, OK, just the fact of that your livelihood potentially is so much at the hands of somebody else, you know what I mean? Where they can just right. go, nope, we're taking this from you. So that was concerning. But then the second thing, you know, was that. Uh, what you know why do they get to decide what's right and wrong and again i i'm not sure i didn't analyze these people myself and and see are these like horrible people you know who are doing terrible things really or you know whatever but but yeah so it was a little concerning and and there were a few people who said well i would love to support you still but i just can't be on patreon and i actually still have one uh patron from well ex patron i guess you would say um that sends their contribution through PayPal. And so I'll send them links to the Q and A's when I do them and stuff like that. So, and so um, those are some of the, some of the things that you like, if somebody's going to be a Patreon subscriber and pledge certain things, then, then you're giving them like, um, exclusive content or opportunities. Yeah, not so much. Well, the content, I guess I do make, I do make posts and things like that sometimes just, just chatting with people. Um, like yesterday I did, but the the main thing I do is uh, the question and answer sessions. So, and that's whether I'm on trail or not. So the patrons 
know where I'm at. You know, if I'm on a through hike, they pretty much know more real time information. And I, I post things during those hikes and update them. But yeah, it's like my lowest tier $1 a month gets access to those Q and A's, you know, so everybody from that level up. Um, and I, and I do at least a couple a month when I'm on trail, I try to do, yeah, usually a couple a month or so, maybe three a month. Um, but I still continue them. So like even yesterday, you know, I just, I did a Q and A and chatted with folks. If they want to ask questions about backpacking, we talk about backpacking and, and, you know, yesterday somebody, uh, said, well, Hey, if you have family in the Chicago area that, you know, somebody that's sick or high risk and doesn't want to go shopping at the grocery store, you know, let me know and I'll go take care of your loved one, you know, if they need something dropped off. So it's, it's really tight knit little group and we call it the Patramily, <laughs> the Patreon family, or family, you know, and so um, I don't know. It's it's cool, and I I really enjoy chatting with those folks. And then sometimes I'll even I can ask them because obviously they're invested in what I'm doing. So I might do a poll like, "Hey, do y'all think I should do this or that?" But um, so but where, yeah, there's certain little perks. What platform are you using to to converse? Um, Pat. Uh, Patreon. Oh, you, there's they, a, there's a place right yep, there that you can, they have, and that's why it's so convenient, you know, and that, yeah, they've got a messaging system. And, um, if, if you, you can track, you know, the rewards, like if you've sent them things that they should be getting, if, you know, it's something physical or whether it's a, a link to download something or whatever. Um, and, and yeah, they have a messaging platform and everything. And that's why I was saying it, it didn't make sense for me financially at the time to now pay for a space on my own website to function like Patreon and then get everybody right. moved over and whatever. So and then it's probably but it is, clunky too, because it's yeah, not, you know, it's, it's not, not your got business. all of their resources to do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I yeah. also saw on one of your um, videos that you accept Bitcoin. Yes. <laughs> have you had somebody give you Bitcoin? Yes, I actually have. Really? Actually, yeah. Yeah. When really when they have. were when it was twenty thousand um, dollars. Um, well, I mean, not twenty thousand dollars worth, but I mean, have you noticed that um, the Bitcoin um, contributions have changed as the value of Bitcoin has gone skyrocketed up and then down? It's just I watch it all the time because I'm interested in Bitcoin. Yeah, no, not really. And the, uh, and honestly, I haven't I haven't signed in in a while to look, you know, exactly how much I have. But the main thing with that is I I'm interested in it also. And I I wanted to to acquire some and kind of play around with it, you know, so it was just a way to like, okay, well this is, you know. And also I think the the blockchain technology, if you will. I mean, I just think all of this is something that's never, it's not going away, you know, right. and, and I think we're going to have um, more and more interactions that are kind of based around those types of technology. So, so I'm like, Hey, why not learn about it? And this is a good way to, to do that. And, you know, yeah. I know a lot of people who, who are in that realm and I'm, I'm kind of a nerd. So, <laughs> so I was like, yeah, this is, this is neat. I'm going to put this up here. And that's, um, that's really yeah. cool. Um, you're, you're definitely ahead of the game. And I would think, you know, when you're dealing with an all digital audience that you would have quite a few people that are like-minded in that way, that they're looking to the future, they're, they're, you know, they might want to pay in Bitcoin. That's yeah. pretty cool. Um, Thanks. so, did you uh did you ever get your podcast going? 
No, and but I've I've kind of formulated a more of an idea of I think what I'd like to do. So I over time I've seen and actually so I did the Camino de Santiago last year in the fallish yeah. some describe, late summer fall. Describe that for people that don't know what it is. Um so that is an ancient pilgrimage uh back to like uh, years and years, like thousands of years ago, uh, and people would walk across Spain from the border of France to what was known as the end of the world. And uh, so my sister and I went and did that. And and it's not like backpacking in the wilderness. You do take a pack and you you walk from village to village. But these are small little rural places in Spain. Um, and then it does pass through some bigger cities, but you sleep in an albergue or it's like a hostel, a bunk room each night. Um, you can get private rooms because of course those are more expensive, but my sister would never go to the bathroom in the woods. I mean, that's just not her thing. (laughs) So she was 19 and I I don't have any human children, you know, I've got uh, two dogs, but, um, so I, I guess you always want better for your kids than what you had. My my siblings are so much younger than me that I helped raise them, and they they feel like half half sibling love, half child love, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I I want her to I want her to get outside of the U.S. and see something different. And I didn't have a passport until I was like thirty, uh, so I wanted that for her sooner. And and so I wanted her to just see something different and know that. Opal like Alabama isn't the the end of the world, you know. And right. um and so we went over there and it was a it was eye opening, you know, a, a definitely a cultural experience. But um and and it's predominantly I'm not Catholic, uh, and it wasn't a spiritual thing for us. It was more of a cultural thing. But a lot of folks on that uh trip and on that journey are Catholic or religious in some way. And there are a lot of Caminos all over Europe, but this was the French way. And and there's a, a movie that's actually got Emilio Estevez and Martin Sheen. It's The Way. And it was based around this, this past. But anyway, so it was much different. But I noticed that my subscriber base was a little resistant to it because there was this, um, there's this disconnect between wilderness backpacking people and people who do this pilgrimage because the pilgrims are like, this is still backpacking. It's like backpacking in Europe and it's still, um, hiking, you know, and, and the, the wilderness people are like, no, it's just walking, you know? And I'm like, come on guys, we're all outside enjoying fresh air, enjoying nature to go through some very rural areas, you know, but there were a lot of people that because it wasn't, oh, I might get eaten by a grizzly bear. They just, they didn't dig it. And that's okay. You know? Um, but I'm like, wow, this was still walking and there was some resistance to it. So imagine if I tried to change topics really in in, in any way, you know, of course it would be uh, a big thing. I mean, it's kind of like if you decided to, to make your show about making wine or something, right. right? It might be, it might be right. a, like, wait, what? Well, I would think that, so, that maybe you might've seen some people might've dropped off like your hardcore Appalachian Trail people, Pacific Crest Trail people, but then I would also think that it would open your audience up to a whole new group similar right. to your sister. Like, right. I may not want to do that other thing, but I'm still interested in getting in out and doing something. Right, right. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. But, you know, even, I don't know, even some of the uh, the Camino hardcore folks were like a little annoyed with 
the fact that I was a backpacker going, it was, it was just weird. You know, I'm like, come on, I'm just trying to enjoy life. This is something I want to do with my sister, you know? Yeah. So, so I did it. Um, but, but so the podcast, I wouldn't want it to be specifically backpacking is I think right. what I've decided. So well, that's yeah. what I did. I mean, I, I just, I did the podcast for the most part so that I could talk about many other things that interested yes. me. Like we're not talking about fishing right now. And, right. And exactly. That's, that's what it is. But my, the audience, I don't know. I think you've kind of find your, you, the, the audience finds what they want. And of course, right. you know, when I start talking about fitness and backpacking, some people aren't interested in that, but I think that if you put enough content out there, they can just skip right on to the next fishing one or, or exactly. You know, and I, and I've found that I have a whole audience of just fitness people and a whole audience of just fishing people and a whole audience of, of people that like right. kind of all of it, um, hunting and other things, but uh, you'd be great at it. I, th- I know you. I know you would do a great job with it. It would be. Um, it would be fantastic because there's so many things that just take a little bit more explanation. Um, yeah. Than maybe yeah. A, you might lose people on the YouTube video, but you no, for sure, them. for sure. Yeah. So yeah. one other thing I wanted to talk to you about. We are. It's it's April sixth. We are in the middle of the Corona lockdown. And I was quite surprised that hiking trails were being closed because I thought, you know, that seems to be the definition of social distancing. Right. (laughs) You know, like going out into the woods and being by yourself. And, you know, this time of the year, my boys just got back from Montana State. And one of the reasons that they that they decided to return during all of this. Well, their school was closed for one thing. Everybody kind of left, but they closed the national parks nearby, including Yellowstone National Park. And I mean, man, I mean, yes, I get it. In July, there are a zillion people there and it would probably not be a good idea. But now this time of the year there, you could go and sit in the middle of the road and never get run over. Uh, right. If you went to Yellowstone this time of the year, but you know, I, I'm, I'm understanding, you know, the, the situation with the coronavirus and, and the lockdown and social distancing and being super careful, but I was a little bit surprised that they were either closing or strongly urging people to not hike right now. So yeah. I wanted to talk to you about that because I knew you'd have a different perspective coming at it than, than I do having never done the, the full um, hike all the way from Georgia to Maine, uh, for example, on the, on the Appalachian trail. But what are your, what are your thoughts on, on that right now? Yeah. So it's <laughs> a, a really good question. I'm with you in the way that it seems like, Oh yeah, you know, you're outside, so you're not, in an enclosed area with people who are putting themselves around other people. And I actually recently did a video on this. And I think personally that day hiking and even section hikes where you go in, hike so many miles and then have say somebody that you're already living with that, you know, you swap germs with anyway, your wife, whatever, come pick you up um, from the other end or, hiking and back to your car, you know, either way. But I think the biggest thing with the, with the through hiking is that as a a through hiker, 
on the Appalachian Trail, you are around a lot of folks, a, a lot. Uh, you people are? Conger- you are. Um, now, not while you're hiking during the day and stuff, but more so at night while you're camping. Okay. Now, people could distance themselves. It's possible. You could not camp near a shelter, but um, there are shelters, I would say, every 10 miles or so, if I had to guess the spacing, but they're, you know, they're kind of sporadic all along the whole trail. Uh, and at these shelters, they're usually flat places to camp. Then you have folks who sleep in the shelter itself and they'll hold anywhere from, you know, depending on the size of it, five to 30 people, you know? Um, and then you have typically a water source there. So it's just a good place to make camp for a night, a fire ring, et cetera. Uh, now some people just want to avoid folks and camp alone and whatever. So in this, yes, you you could probably spread out, but there are going to be people who are like, eh, who cares, you know, just sleep in the shelter. So not only do you have, you know, the folks that you're sharing shelter space with, but now, you know, maybe somebody took a lunch break there 10 minutes before you walked up and coughed and sneezed all over the, the picnic table. And now you're right. sitting there cooking on it, you know, so, so it makes sense that just avoid these common spaces, right? Or if you have soap and water, like clean it off or whatever. Um, so, but even still, I don't think on trail is the biggest issue. I think the problem that they have with through hikers is every three to five days you're going into a town to resupply. Okay. And a lot of these are little small mountain towns. They don't have a lot of, you know, uh, medical resources. So you stop in at one town and, and the main way that you get into towns along these trails is hitchhiking. So now you get in the car with a stranger, you know, and right. you're in close quarters. Um, so one of y'all could be sick. And if say they're sick and then now you're subjected to the virus, well, you go in town and then you shop at the store and everything. And, and so even there, there's an opportunity to get sick. Right. And then maybe you stay in a bunk room, <laughs> a hostel that has a bunch of other people in it, you know? And so you pick it up in one town. Well, before you start showing symptoms, you may have, visited one or two other towns, potentially, you know, depending on the spacing of the town. So now maybe that community didn't have it and now you've just delivered it. Right. Right. And and then on and on. So, and again, their, their resources, um, and some of these smaller towns might not be like, like a larger city. Um, and then uh, also if you end up sick while you're in a stretch, uh, you know, and, and from what I hear, the effects that it can have on your lungs is, is pretty horrible. Um, and it's, uh, from what I've heard, it sounds like, or feels like you're drowning, you know, in your, in your own lungs. And so if you're in the middle of the trail, when that hits, well, now you've got to call search and rescue. And maybe those people were, since they do have medical experience, maybe they were tied up helping people or working some overtime at the hospital, helping the local hospital. Well, now they've got to come get you, you know, and then maybe they didn't have it. Now they do because they've had to come rescue somebody with it in the woods. And so I, so I get it, you know, I get why the through hikes, they're like, eh, this is probably not a good idea. Um, but as far as just getting out and, and hiking now, when the, when the trails are crowded and you're having to pass people and stuff, you know, I think it's good if you're going to be out there to give each other a a decent right away and all that, you know, step off the trail and let somebody pass and try to do the whole six foot rule and all that. Um, But I mean, a lot of these stay at home orders have outdoor activity as, as something you're allowed to do. So 
Yeah. At least here in Alabama, they, they do. So right. I, you know, we can go fishing, we can go hiking as long as they haven't closed a local trail. But I think with also with a lot of people being at home and having time off and getting cabin fever with the kids at home and just like get out of my hair, they want to go out and do things in the outdoors that maybe they haven't before. So a lot of these trails are becoming crowded and more saturated with people because yeah. everybody's got the same idea. So it is harder to keep that, you know, social distance. So yeah, I think sure. if you're going to go out hiking, then just make sure you avoid those common spaces like benches, et cetera. Um, go somewhere where maybe a lot of people don't know about it, you know, so that you, you do have that space and you're keeping yourself safe and others. And then um, just make sure you're checking out local trails. You know, you're not driving across the country somewhere and using five gas pumps along the way in different communities or whatever. And and then, I mean, sure you can, in your local trail, you could fall down and break your leg and need to call somebody, but you could also hit your head while you're taking a shower and need to call somebody. Right. right? So it's just, right. So well, all that makes a lot more sense to me. And some of those things I didn't think about, I guess I didn't realize when you're through hiking, how many other people are there. And I guess this is probably, wouldn't this be one of the busiest times of the year on, on a, trail like that? Yes. Yes. Usually, um, yeah, usually the AT folks are starting in March, April, and maybe the beginning of May, uh, going northbound. Yeah. So, and it, and it is pretty heavy it gets more and more popular each year. And then the Pacific Crest Trail and the Continental Divide Trail, people are generally starting in April, May area. So, um, yeah, yeah. How weird would it be to to be on one of those trails on an extended, maybe your, your longest um, period between resupply and you leave one day and maybe you heard something about the coronavirus or maybe you didn't even pay any attention. I'm sure when you go into the, into, into these towns, you don't all, always watch TV or read the newspaper. Oh, so no. Maybe you go, maybe you go two or three towns and you don't realize what's happening. And then you come back to the next town and the world has changed. I mean, oh no, that happened to quite a few hikers. I mean, it breaks my heart for them because this is generally, you know, something that's to make the leap to to quit your job and to sell your house or whatever some people do. Uh, and some people take really drastic measures to make time and money and and the ability to do this each year. And and so they've put their heart and soul into it. And this might be the only time that they're like, I, this is when I can make it happen and I have to do it. And there were a lot of people on the trails that the, the ATC was saying, get off the trail, get off the trail. And, uh, and a lot of them had a real hard, had a real hard decision to make, you know, do I, do I be the, what everyone views as the jerk that continues on or do I get off the trail? And so there were people who were several hundred miles into their hike. Cause some folks do start in January and February. Um, and they, they had to leave, but yeah, you know, I'm sure first few towns, everything was fine, but I heard that there were some towns that, that the locals were kind of being ugly and not yeah. supportive of the hikers, which is, ne it doesn't happen. You know, pe most of these communities love for the hikers to come through. And, um, but they're just like, you know, you're, you're putting other people at risk now and it's not fair. And, hmm. um, so, so yeah, it's just heartbreaking. I feel so bad for them. And, yeah. Um, I heard that the ATC, though, that they did release this year, because usually to be considered as a through hiker, you must complete the, the trail in its entirety in a 12 month period. Um, but usually people do it in about six months because the other time of year, it's not super enjoyable to be on the trail anyway. Um, but they have said that if you complete it 
next year that you can still call yourself uh, a through hiker so that they don't have to, the people who started don't have to start back over from, you know, point A. So I thought that was kind of cool that they did that. Yeah. I guess it's, I mean, since it goes through so many different States and probably across private property in certain places, it would be difficult to put like a law that you couldn't hike right now. I mean, who is there, is there a governing body of the Appalachian trail? uh, That's, it's tough. So um, from what I understand that the ATC, the Appalachian Trail Conservancy is the, um, I don't know if I would even say governing body for sure, but it's the, like the, the stewards, you know what I mean? The people who, take care of the trail. And they're certainly the ones that have gotten all of the, the easements through this private property and, and kind of the, the collective, um, folks who just, who, who make it all work. Right. So I don't know if they can legally say this is close. I don't know. I'm not saying they can't, but I, I don't, I haven't heard that that has happened yet, but I have heard that they, they, told people stay off the trail now Mm. legally can people still go out there probably you know um but now i know the national parks like the smoky mountain national park i believe closed and you know there's a section that goes through there so i know there were some people who were saying they were just going to continue on with their hikes anyway um but that would be problematic would there be a way that you could do do it without going into the towns um not that I know of, I mean, you'd have to be, well, I guess you're saying, could you have somebody meet you at the trailhead? With I, food I guess. I mean, I've seen that like yeah. when they do the, when they do the, uh, you know, the world record attempts, there was a movie on Netflix about, um, someone trying to, to do the whole Appalachian trail in the record time. And they had, you know, people leapfrogging above. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could, you could probably do that. Um, certainly, but uh, you know, again, you'd have trouble through, I don't know if Shenandoah is closed or not, but Rocky Mountain National or Rocky Mountain, right. <laughs> <laughs> Smoky Mountain National Park, uh, Shenandoah National Park, some of those places potentially that may be closed. You know, you'd have to to leapfrog around that, but you know, I guess then you still have somebody shopping for you. But I had thought about because I was supposed to be on the Pinhoti Trail right now, doing yeah. the the trail that goes through Alabama, and um, and I had thought about getting all of my supplies that I would need here locally in my community and load my truck up with a bunch of food and then uh, getting somebody to help me take a vehicle to the Southern terminus and then drive one vehicle ahead and to the first road crossing and then hike South to the other vehicle and then leapfrog that one ahead of that one. And just so I'd be driving northbound, but I'd be hiking South right, to right, a vehicle right. each time. And then I would have, my resupply in my truck. So I would never have to, you know, resupply in a town or anything like that. So I, I thought about doing that. And if I wanted to go home, then it's in Alabama. So I could just drive home and shower or whatever and go back, uh, occasionally, but it just, it wouldn't be the experience that I'm looking for because part of, part of what I want to do is share with people what the Pinhoti trail experience is like. And I know they have a hostel there. Well, I wouldn't stay there, you know, right, and I, right. I know they have shuttle services Well, I wouldn't be using those. So it's like, I, I couldn't, yes, I would be able to share what the trail looked like and I would be able to document it, but it just wouldn't, 
it wouldn't be the same. And it's kind of a weird time yeah. too, because you could get some serious backlash for that. Like exactly, you know, and yep. th- that you have yep. to really watch out for. But it'll be different when I don't know what's going to have to happen. Whether it's um, certainly a vaccine will will change things considerably. But I even think that the the test kits becoming more available and will will make a big difference. But I don't I don't know what it is necessarily. But maybe maybe there's something to where you know, people say, uh, you know, governing bodies say, okay, well, we're going to reopen these parks and outdoor areas because we've learned that the coronavirus can't live in ultraviolet sunlight more than five minutes or whatever. I don't know what it, and that's not, (laughs) that's not real. Uh, I'm making that up. Um, (laughs) But, you know, if, if there were some information that could come out like that, and then yeah. people could reopen things and say, look, if you're, you could do this if you're not going into towns or you could do this if you're right. not doing this. Then I could see how, you know, that video series could be really popular. Like this is right. a way Helpful. that you could get around the coronavirus protocols. But until then, I think it's pretty yeah. risky. Like, I don't know. There's no, a lot of people is. that, that, uh, are experiencing some severe hardships because of this. No, Not only it's an emotional thing. Yeah. It's an emotional thing. It's for the sure. weirdest, and it's the weirdest thing. I think with threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. In our, in our lifetime, I mean, I, I, right when this started happening, I was like, man, this is going to be on the level of 9-11 like on the way that it changes the world Yes. Like on one day the oh, world yeah. was one way. And then on another day, it's, it's completely different. And well, it's going to change. Uh, yeah. The way people do business, you know, if you had a storefront and now you're like, Oh, my employees can work at home and this actually works. Well, why would you have the storefront anymore? Right. You know, uh, musicians, like all these musicians are, are having to do online shows and so if they realize okay i can supplement my in-person show with some of these online shows and still make tips then why am i traveling across the country you know i mean so just there are a lot of things that i think um will change and hopefully folks will keep washing their hands yeah (laughs) well that that is that is definitely something that is uh, in some ways i think it's probably the cleanest world we've ever lived in because nobody's going anywhere and everybody's washing their hands and, and in other ways, you know, it might be super dangerous. And that, those are all the things that we don't know about, but I look right. at this as, um, you know, I try to see the silver lining and in, in everything. And, and it is, if, if nothing else, it is a global reset on, yes. on everything. And yes, well in nature, yeah. I mean, when has the AT been able to heal for months. Right. It's interesting that you say that about a trail, you know, getting, getting tremendous pressure like that, because I had another podcast with some legendary fishermen and that's, that's what they were saying is that never before. And I mean, it has never happened in the last 50 years that there would be this little amount of pressure this time of the year, which is usually the most intense pressure. 
So right. what is going to be the the result? We won't know for a couple of years probably, but maybe it could be, you know, just this this reset that nature really, really needed. Um, but I think also for our own mind, I think also for, I mean, in, in just for me personally, I see that there are a lot of things that I thought were really super important that just are not at all. Right. <laughs> you know, and other things like, um, you know, I kind of thought that both my boys, my boys are, uh, 22 and 20 and, you know, I'm kind of coming to the, coming to the conclusion before all this happened that, that they're out of the house for good. You know, that they're, they're now kind of one step Aww. closer to being on their own and now they yeah. return and we have a house full which is amazing and awesome. And we're playing board yeah. games and we're, we're enjoying one another and we're, we're, we're cooking and, and it's this yes. really weird time of, of having your adult children back home kind of like they were when they were, when they were kids, but there's adult conversation going on. It's a, it's yeah. a, it's a very strange kind of thing, but I don't know. I think it, I think that, you know, in a lot of ways, this, this, certainly is bad. There's a lot of people dying and a lot of people that are scared and a lot of people that are, that are, um, experiencing tremendous anxiety. But on the other hand, there's also, I've never seen so many people walking together. I've never seen yes. so many people outdoors kind of, you know, sitting in their front yard, having a picnic and right. these things exactly. that just were not yeah. happening before. And that has to be good. No, it, I, I agree. And I mean, I think people have Netflix themselves out now, right. you know, so they're like, <laughs> what can all I do other than watch TV, which is great, you know, and like you said, board games, I haven't played a board game in, in probably a few years, you know, and, and I have been lately, like a trivial pursuit. I've never played that. I've enjoyed that game. I've learned from playing that game, you know, and, and reading and, and yeah, I mean, think about the dogs of the world. They're getting walked more now than ever. You know, the dogs are like, can we have coronavirus every year? <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, but no, I agree. It's, it's a, it's a, a terrible thing that, that people are suffering. My aunt, has it right now and she's really? 76 yes um she so, lives in albany georgia um but she's not hospitalized you know she's she's i guess you would say one of the more mild cases but she's been laid up for over a week now like man. not well yeah so i only know yeah. i only personally know two people that that have it and then of course you hear friends of friends and yeah and, and other things but the two people that i know are on opposite ends of the spectrum one is young um, probably about 49, uh, he tested positive for it with one of the few test kits that we, they had at the hospital and, um, and he never really had anything. He said, you know, in hindsight, he didn't feel very well for a little while and he had a, had kind of a little cough, kind of a nagging cough for about three weeks. And then one day he remembers he, he felt like he had a fever and then that's about it. He just hasn't had wow. any other symptoms or anything. And he has been, he, he absolutely tested positive. So right. then on the other end of the spectrum, I know someone who's 75 or 76 years old, right in the ICU on the ventilator, but oh, made, made uh, a great improvement and is, it is on his way to being out of the hospital. So two different, um, experiences with it but right 
I, I yeah. don't know. I hope that your and my aunt, aunt is, is kind of okay. in the middle. Yeah, she she's. I mean, it's like I said, probably a week and a half into it now. She was a, a people greeter at Walmart, and um, and she, I guess, got it. There were people at work that had tested positive, um, so then she ended up with it, and. Um, she went and tested, you know, tested positive. They tested for that and the flu, but she went about three days or so without having a fever. And then the fever hit. And that's when I started freaking out, you know, um, Mm. because I thought, oh gosh, this is getting worse. And for about three or four days, she had a fever and then the fever has been gone now for, you know, four days or so. So, but she's still, you know, every day I'm like, how are you feeling today? And she's like, this is pretty much the same, you know, I want to lay in the bed. And she said, food tastes terrible. Um, so I was real worried about make her, her actually eating and drinking. And, and I think that's the biggest thing, but she said she's been, you know, down in Pedialyte and water and stuff. She has to choke it down. But I wonder, um, um, did the doctors, did the doctors say at when, at what point she's not contagious or at, is there a window in I'm there when she sure. has the fever that she, that that's the, the time you really need to that's really a great be super question. careful. Yeah, she hasn't been, so she's not married. She doesn't have any children, um, but she has a friend that's been bringing her food and putting it on her porch because I was I was about to drive to Albany and just camp in her yard, you know, and go in and, <laughs> and with as much No, no, really, I'm fine. I'm fine yeah. in the yard. Trust yeah, me. No, I would be. Yeah, really, I promise. <laughs> this is my thing. I love this. Um, but so I was going to do that, but, but this friend brings her food and puts it on the porch and everything. And she said, my aunt said, honestly, I don't want to see anybody. Like, I don't want to be around anybody. I don't want to talk. Um, cause she used to call my mom every day and talk for a couple hours, you know? And so mom said, she'll just call me, tell me her report for the day. And then, you know, I have to kind of prod her to find out more. So, I mean, it's, it's put a hurting on her, but she, uh, she's trucking through it. And I mean, she's a breast cancer survivor too. So she's, she's a trooper, but, wow. um, yeah, uh, so she's on the up upswing now. We're getting we're getting a little better. That's so. very good. I'm glad to yeah. hear that. Um, so let's talk about your book for just a second because that's one of the things I wanted to talk about when we were talking about how to make a living on YouTube. Um, so you wrote this book. Yeah, I I don't remember if I had already done it. I don't think you we had talked or not, but it, it's an ebook um, about. It's just a, a more or less a an informational guide, if you will, for hiking the AT. And I, I aim to now with some downtime to write one for the Pacific Crest Trail also. Um, but it's it's just um, just information on gear and, you know, what what types of stoves are out there. It's, it's for beginners, really. Mm-hmm. And um, now if you're somebody who has experienced backpacking, but you're interested specifically in the AT, I do go into some AT specific information uh, in this ebook. So, and yep, it's available on my website and on Amazon. How did but, you decide to self-publish that? Um, well, I just, you know, I, I had all this information in video format and I thought some people don't like to watch videos and take notes. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, why don't I just put all of this in in one put together, you know, information source and put it out there for folks. And so I, I did that. And I, I mean, I have never done anything like this before, but I thought, well, 
I had never hiked the AT either. So if I could do that, <laughs> I can figure out how to write a book and, and publish it. But yeah, I, I did it through, um, through it's Amazon's. Oh goodness. I'm trying to remember. It's like, uh, I, I self-published through Amazon's platform that you can do eBooks on. I want to say it's like, um, it might be even through Kindle or something right. is the way it was done. But, uh, so I just did it on this horrible software and I honestly, I can't even remember the name. Some people <laughs> love this program, but I wrote it in that and then, um, tried to get people on Fiverr to format the book for me. It was a whole mess. So next time when I do the next one, I'll, I'll have a better idea of how I want to do it. But, um, but yeah, I just wanted it to be a, a helpful guide, you know, for folks who, who are aiming to do that. And, um, I had read one before I started that that helped me. So I thought, okay, what questions did I still have after I've read that? And now I can put my spin and my information and what I did and why I did that, you know, in mind. Um, so yeah, I did that. And that's that's also, you know, for folks who are wanting to to make money from something like this online, it's really I I've found like we were talking about before, it's gotta be several trickles coming in, right? So the book um, did better at the beginning, right? Because it was new than right. it is now as far as sales go. But, but still every now and then, you know, I, I make a little bit off of a book. And so it's just, you put the work in and then it's, it's out there, you know, right. and it can keep, keep providing. So, so, so that's another like, little, you've got books, you have apparel. Yeah. You have, I've got uh, merch. Yeah, yeah. You got merch. Um, and then, um, You've got your YouTube videos, got Patreon, and then probably Amazon Associates or something like yep. that. Like a like when somebody buys through your link, they you get a little a little kick yep. of that. And then, are there any other things that you can do? Um, what about uh, speaking. You seem like you would be yes, great at yes, speaking. I have. I've started doing that. Um, and actually, one of them got canceled because of yeah. because of all this. Uh, one here in Alabama, and um, then Trail Days. A uh, big celebration on the AT got canceled too, but that I don't I don't speak there. Yes, I've done um, a handful, like I would say four or so, four or five speaking gigs now, paid speaking gigs. I, I just never thought that I would ever do that. You know, I, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, so that's that's come off of it too. You know, folks are like, well, hey, I come talk to. I, I've talked to a college, you know, uh, an auditorium of like two hundred people that. Wow that came to, you know, hear about lessons that I've learned from backpacking. And then I spoke at, um, a brewery up in Charlotte, uh, Blue Blaze Brewery. And so, yeah, I've done, I've done several speaking gigs. So, yep, that too. Um, which I really enjoy that. It's crazy. So I can't, you know, sing, <laughs> and I'm not a musician, but I kind of understand now. So I'm not a huge Carrie Underwood fan. I'm like a Miranda Lambert girl, but anyway, so, but Carrie Underwood's cool, but I, I heard somebody say that, that she's, and maybe it was even an interview with her, but she's not a center of attention kind of person. Hmm. Um, but she says when she walks out on stage and she starts singing, it's like it becomes somebody else. Right. And then when she's done singing and everyone's clapping and she's standing there looking like, oh, what did I just do? <laughs> like, wow. what, who was that? And I kind of, 
get that now because so when I go out on a through hike and I've explained that this before, but that's Dixie. Like that person is Dixie. Like I am Jessica, you know, but my trail name is Dixie. So the person who's the adventurous person that's like out on these hikes, that's Dixie. And the person who shows up to speak is Dixie. (laughs) And when I get done speaking and there's like clapping, I'm like, way to go Dixie. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, cause Jessica comes back and is like, what, what just happened? But it's well, there's, the craziest feeling. There's tons of, of books of people. I mean, David Goggins is, is one on the, on the very most extreme. He was a, a Navy SEAL. He's done incredible uh, endurance events. And he, you know, has like this, this alter ego of Goggins. He's not David at that point. He's yeah. Goggins. And when he goes and does these these super difficult things, he channels his Goggins character. And that and, makes perfect sense. Yeah. And and I think a lot of people do that. But then there's also the thing like you were talking about with Carrie Underwood, where you you read about um, flow states and and how uh, particularly artists and musicians and speakers or any kind of creator can can get in this flow state to where it just almost seems like it's not even you doing it it's like it's yeah. coming from a different place it's coming from a different and you hear lots of lots of uh singers songwriters actors say this that it just kind of they just i don't know it's almost like channeling some other energy and uh, I mean, you can get all woo-woo about it if you want no, to, but, I, but it is, it is I mean, what it, it is. happens from, for so many people and you hear that story over and over and over again. And then you read about like what a flow state is where you're just operating uh, effortlessly without thinking or without, you know, you're not even really trying and you're operating at your very best. And you see athletes do that all the time and they're probably the best right. example, but it's not that, that sounds like exactly what you're what you're experiencing when you go and and you do that. Plus you're, you're channeling your, your, your Dixie rather than your Goggins. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, it it is. That's I'm glad that somebody else explains it that way. And obviously, you know, uh, like an awesome dude, but, but yeah, cause I, I I mean, I don't know how to explain it. It's just kind of like, okay, here we go. And then, but yeah, like the, what you're talking about. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not a super woo woo person, but I do believe in in energies and not even just in moments like that, but in life, it's almost like, it's almost like there are these, um, currents that, you know, these, these streams through life or whatever that you can't really see or necessarily physically feel, but it's almost like when you're, when you jump into the right one, it just feels right, you know? And that's, right. and that's kind of, for me, like, like quitting my job and, and, and doing the backpacking and doing what I do now, it just, it feels right. It's like, I can't not do this because this is what I'm supposed to do. And, uh, and I think that it sounds, uh, it sounds made up, but it's just until you have one of those moments in life where you're like, man, this is where I'm supposed to be. Like, this feels right. And I I don't really know how else to describe it, but, um, don't you, don't you think that, that in order to find that, I mean, it's almost, it, it would almost be a rarity to find that operating within your comfort zone. Like, oh no, like, yeah, like you got to get out of that box. You're saying that you didn't find that until you quit your job and moved into this other world that was incredibly uncomfortable, but then it became super comfortable. Like this is what I'm supposed to be doing, but yeah. you would never find that if you were no. just operating no. within your your regular realm. 
Exactly. And honestly, when I quit my job to do that, I didn't know that this is what I was going to do. I thought while I was on the trail, I was going to think about what I was going to do. You know, I didn't know that I was doing the thing I needed to do. So it was crazy. But uh, until hindsight and uh, and I and I've always said, you know, through life, I've I've managed to like I want to do this thing and I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to accomplish it. And and I just feel like you have to get out there. And and I know the believe in yourself thing seems to be overrated, but it's really true. You just got to get out there and knock and slash and, you know, you bump into people and that takes you in a different direction and networking and whatever. But but unless you put yourself out there in some form or capacity where you're taking some sort of risk, yeah, you're, you're just not going to find, I, I feel like, true happiness or whatever you want to call it, you know, just passion. Um, in your comfort zone, you cannot have, in my opinion, passion and, and you can't, you know, find these, you know, invisible channels or whatever. It's yeah. just, I don't know. Yeah. There's you a know. book. Have you ever read the book? Um, well, there's one book called art of war and then there's another book called war of art and it's by Stephen Pressfield and Stephen Pressfield is a writer. He's a very, very good writer. He's written lots of, of great stuff, including, um, something that was made into a movie. What I can't remember which one it was, but anyway, he's, he's a very accomplished writer. And in this book, he talks about like how to, how to, um, basically channel the muse is what he calls it. Like this, this, um, the muse comes to him and helps him to write and offers him creativity and offers ideas and offers, offers, uh, you know, these, these glimpses into, into a deeper creativity than, than whatever. And you can see it whenever you're doing anything. Like if you're trying to create a new video or you're trying to, uh, write something and, and you have this block and you just can't seem to think of anything where, where other times it's like this, this huge breakthrough and the creativity comes and you, you know, you could write 15 videos that you want to do. And, 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 what he says yes. is like is basically you have to treat it like a profession and you have to sit down and write every day yeah. and you have to be there yeah be you present. have to be there and that's that's kind of like what we were just talking about like you have to operate outside of your comfort zone in order to find these things in order to find yes. this thing that you're you're totally in love with and i think it's really super interesting that you just said you know i thought i was just going to think about what I wanted to do. And it turns out I'm doing it. Yeah, like that's super I was already cool doing it. because I'm talking to my son about this a lot. He's 20 years old and he's, he wants to find, you know, his thing and he hasn't found it yet. And he's getting a little anxious. And I'm like, look, man, you're 20. Like yeah. the way you find your thing is you keep doing lots of things things, like lots and lots of things. And then all of a sudden you're going to be like, well, maybe my thing is finding lots of things. I mean, who knows? Like, no, exactly. But that's what you have to do. And you would like that book, uh, the war of art. I've already made a note of it (laughs) because I'm definitely going to check it out. It sounds, I I watched something or listened to something where, where people were, were talking about that. I'm wondering if it's, if it's this guy, but it's just, um, almost like you can take the blame off of yourself as a creator too, because, oh, it was a Ted talk that I, that I listened to. And Mm. I think it was a woman, but, uh, I'll have to find it and share it with you, but, oh, she wrote, maybe she's the one that wrote eat, pray, love. 
maybe that's okay. what it was. But um, she wrote some book that was like, okay, now, now what are you going to follow it up with? Like, this was such a huge success. What can you possibly do to beat this? And it's like, well, I don't have to, you know what I mean? It's like that, that it, if that is my one big thing, then it, then it is what it is. But um, I think she was saying kind of that, that artists and, and creators are kind of tortured because that's how they feel. If they do something mm. great, well, then they always have to chase it with something right. greater. Right. And so you're always like chasing this thing, but she's like, I think as uh, creators and, and people that, that, are artists of, of some form, they need to um, relieve themselves of this guilt in a way that, that they look at it like I have a muse or I have a, you know, guardian angel or whatever it is that's the, the creator. And it, because I guess in ancient times, they looked at it like somebody, um, what did they say? My genius. It was like this right. external thing almost. It wasn't I am a genius. It was like my genius. But uh, so they would bring, you know, this information to this person and kind of gift them with it. And then that person channeled it and turned it into whatever art. Right. right. So it's like, it's not your fault. Like, hey, I showed up today to sit down and write and nobody brought me anything good. So, yeah. you know what I but mean? That's, that's the, not my that's fault, the but. difference, though, is is that and that's what Pressfield is getting at in his book is that is that, yeah, maybe, maybe the muse doesn't come, yeah. but you have to be there. Like yep, if, if you exactly. really want to be a writer, or you really want to be a creator, or you want to be a comedian, or you want to be a, uh, anything that, that is, is creative, you have to set aside the time and put yourself in that, in that position of receiving. Like some people, yep. like for me, like if I take a long walk, that's my best thinking time. And I come back and I've got lots of ideas or it could be a, it could be a run or it could be a long row or something. Yeah. I need to be doing something kind of physical and, and for whatever reason I can remember things so much better. Like if I listen to a book on tape or a podcast while I'm, while I'm walking, I can remember yes. so much more. And if I'm driving a lot of times, like if I'm going to do a really long drive, I always have a notepad there because that's some of my best thinking time and yes. I'll come up with all these different ideas. But what, Pressfield saying is like, you've got to find what that is. And maybe that's sitting down every day at the desk, but you have to be there. You've got to show up. Yes. It's meditation almost, you know, yeah. it's, it's it, what you're talking about, the physical activity and the, while I'm hiking on the trail, I'm, I'm always in my notepad on my phone, putting down, you know, ideas or right. things that I want to learn more about when yeah. I'm, when I'm done hiking. And it's a moving um, meditation. That's what I call yeah. it. Like walking yeah. is it, it is a meditation of sorts. It's, it's just moving meditation and you got to be careful so you don't get hit by a car yeah. or fall <laughs> off a cliff. <laughs> yes. But you have to, exactly. You have to put your mind in that mindset. I know so many people that just stay so busy with looking at Facebook or, um, watching TV. And I mean, sure enjoy some relaxation where it's mindless or whatever, but to, to be a creator or to do things outside of the box, I really do think it's important to have that time alone. I think a lot of people these days are terrified to just be alone with their thoughts and, um, and, and that's not helpful. So for a lot of reasons, but yeah, but yeah certainly well, allowing yourself that time to have, you know, time to think and have these, these creative thoughts come to you what certainly a, what important. a good segue because most of us are alone in some way yeah. shape or form or want yep. to be alone because you've been surrounded by your family and you're 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 searching out that corner of the house that you can spend a few minutes alone 
Um, but this is, I I mean, I look at that too, and it's a good opportunity for, for self-assessment and it's a good opportunity for journaling and it's a good opportunity to kind of, kind of think about what it is that, that you want to do. And also rid yourself of things that you don't want in your life anymore. And, uh, what a, what an opportunity to try that out and be like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to rid myself of, of this, you know, social media for a week and nobody's, nobody's going to know the difference because I mean, we're all in lockdown. Like, right. There's nothing to post. There's, you know, so (laughs) the memes are worn out. (laughs) Right. So you could, you could rid yourself of social media. You could rid yourself of a bad habit or you could rid yourself of, of whatever and give it a try and see if you're not better for it. And I don't know. I just hope like the family stuff, uh, kind of survives once the lockdown is over that people are still out walking and people are still out, you know, doing things as a family. I do too. I think it's been, you know, probably a wake up call for a lot of folks that like, Hey, maybe I wasn't spending enough time with my children or maybe I wasn't, you know, taking my health serious or, or whatever. I hope that people have learned a lot from this. Yeah, I do too. Well, Jessica, man, awesome to talk to you again. Congratulations yeah, you so too. much on, uh, on all the stuff you've got going on. It's really awesome to see just, you know, from an outsider's perspective, just to see it grow and, and, uh, it, it's probably, uh, when you're mired in, in all the day-to-day details, you might not notice that it's growing as much as it, as it has, but between the time that we did our first podcast and now it, it, it's, you've got a much bigger audience and you're putting out some really great content. So I want to, want to honor you for that. And thank you for being on the show. So tell everybody how they could, uh, follow you and, and see all your new content, get Patreon, all that. Yeah. So the channel is homemade and then wanderlust, W-A-N-D-E-R-L-U-S-T. Uh, I also am on Facebook, Instagram, and I'm on Twitter. Twitter's slowly growing. That's been the last <laughs> thing I've added, but I don't, I'm not a good tweeter. I don't I'm know not how. either. <laughs> yeah. But um, so, and then, yeah, I've got the, the Patreon also. I've got a website, um, homemadewanderlust.com. But so basically if you get on the channel, you can find your way around all the other stuff. Um, but for anybody who's wanting to get into backpacking, so the channel has videos that are informational to, you know, give, give information on gear, et cetera. But then also if you think you never want to backpack, you can watch what it's like to be on a trail for six months on the AT, the PCT, the CDT, the Camino de Santiago or whatever. Um, but I have a good resource also on Facebook, there's a group there, the Homemade Wanderlust Backpacking Forum group on Facebook. You can just search for that. And I think we have over 30, like 30 to 40,000 members now. So you can get in there, post a question and, you know, not just get my opinion, but opinions from a lot of people who backpack. And we love... Is that a private page? Yeah, you have to be, you have to agree not to... Uh, argue politics with people. We have a group. If you want to do that, you can go argue politics as it concerns outdoors, but (laughs) so we'll redirect you there. Um, And then also you have to say you're not a robot. So you just answer those questions and then um, you will be approved to the group. And um, I mean, even using the search bar, so many topics have been discussed in there, but um, we accept folks of all levels. So if you've never even been outside, you'd be welcome in there to ask questions. So um, that's just, you know, encouraging folks to get out and and to learn from 
from others. So it's a pretty good little community. And uh, I've got two admin moderators that, that help and they're awesome. Like they're, they're, they're really good. I'm thankful to have them, but, but anyway, yeah. So that's how you can find me. Okay. Well, I'm sure that they will. Um, well, again, Jessica, thank you very much. And we'll be, we'll be following you on social media and, and waiting for your Pinhoti trail experience. Yeah. Well, thank you again so much for having me. I really appreciate it. You bet. Thank you. All right. All right. That's it. We'll see you later. All right. Okay. Let me, uh, um, we're good. So I can just, um, just cut this off because we're doing it on the phone. I usually have to ask you to hold on and let it oh. upload, but, but we're all good here. So thanks so much. Hey, did you ever get in touch with Glenn, my friend? That yes. was doing all that uh, stuff on the Appalachian oh, Trail. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, good. So we he came here and we met up out on on trail. We went to a little local trail and we um he interviewed me and then he's asked me some other things and I sent him some video footage that that he because he said he might need some video footage of certain things. I'm trying to remember what it was now, but I sent him that footage and then we yeah we actually had lunch that day too. Okay, and, good. Um, but yeah, he's so nice. Yeah, he's a good he's a good dude. He's actually married to my wife's cousin. So yeah, I remember that somehow y'all were yeah in laws. Yeah. And then sort, he just but, uh you know he just kind of found all this um backpacking and just absolutely fell in love with it. And he's, he's found some really interesting stuff, which I'm sure he told you about what, like his work with, with the prisons and, and even just watching outdoor documentaries in prison, like lowers the violence rate in prison. Like, I don't know that all kinds of stuff wow. like that he's working on with the, with the, I don't know how he's going to wrap this documentary into, uh, um, possibly, I don't know. It was pretty cool what he was talking about, but just being yeah. outside or, or even, even watching like outdoor stuff could make That's a big difference. Incredible. I mean, it makes sense to me though. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah. but well, yeah, I'm sure his stuff got put on hold a little bit for this too, but, um, I know I hate that, but yeah, I wondered how he had been doing cause we were, we were keeping in touch like randomly. I wouldn't say super regular or anything, but um, and I hadn't heard from him in a while. So. I don't know. He got into woodworking. He started everything on his Instagram. <laughs> is He makes these wooden spoons. Like he'll start with a block of wood and he'll carve out a spoon. And uh, and he made a whole bunch of them. The first ones were very, very primitive looking. And then later, I mean, he's gotten really good at it. He makes bowls and spoons and all these oh different gosh. things. But I don't know. He's uh, he's an interesting dude. But um, very talented uh, behind the camera, and whatever he puts together is going to be going to be real nice. I'm sure you'll be proud of it. But anyway, yeah. pleasure to hook you guys up. Anyway, yes, okay. Well, thank thanks you. so much. I hope you have a great day and uh, stay safe. Yeah, you too. You too. And thank you again for having oh, me. Oh, you're back welcome. On. Thanks for being on. See you. All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Jessica. Man, what a great story of being able to. Find what you love, first of all. That's something that most people don't do. But then being able to jump in with both feet and make a living out of it. And that's exactly what she's doing. Homemade Wanderlust, that's her That's her handle on pretty much all social media. So go check her out. And, um, you know, if you, if you have someone who has a, a, even the smallest desire to go camping or backpacking or do something for the first time, that's a great resource to send. Um, if you like this podcast, it would be awesome if you would take the link. You can copy the link in 
iTunes or podcasts or wherever you're wherever you're getting this podcast, you can copy the link and you can text it to a friend, somebody else that might enjoy Jessica's story. That would be awesome. And as always, this podcast is brought to you by Waypoint TV. You can go to waypointtv.com and find out exactly how you can watch it on all different types of devices. Plus, you can get it on Samsung Plus TV. Um, that's a free channel that has a Waypoint channel there. That's awesome. Love that. Pluto, Zumo, um, and and other free services as well that you can get right over the air. A lot of people are cutting their cable. A lot of people are cutting even their subscription services like Netflix and Hulu and all of that and opting for free content because there is so much available on Samsung Plus, not only the Waypoint channels there, but I, I had never been there until recently and looked at it and couldn't believe how much free content there was. Uh, so if you have a Samsung TV and it's kind of new, you can check out the Samsung Plus channels and look for Waypoint there and enjoy all kinds of other stuff too. Okay, until next week, we will see you later. Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! Oh! Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.